We Presbyterians don't believe in theological extra credit, but if we did, you would all get some this morning, just to let you know. It's wonderful to see so many people as we continue to celebrate this holy season of Christmas into Epiphany and into the new year. As many of you know, it's become our annual tradition on this Sunday following Christmas to share music and poetry and prose, to sing a few extra carols, to hear from the great writers of the tradition and more recently. And we will continue that tradition today just a little bit differently. A lovely short story by the Russian writer Leo Tolstoy called Papa Panov that has been adapted from a French tale probably about 125 years ago or so. Tolstoy, as you know, wrote War and Peace and Anna Karenina. This piece is not as long as either of those other novels, just to reassure you. But it's a lovely tale written for children, which means it's really written for all of us, I think. Part of our annual tradition over these years is that Mary Dubois and David Stimson have very graciously shared their time and their energy and their gifts, at least for more than 10 years, I think. So Mary and David, thank you very much. Ernest and Lynette, thank you for being here. Ricky and Peter for your music as well. We're grateful for the opportunity to gather, and I just wanted to say it's a little bit different this year in that it's an extended story broken up into several parts rather than poem and prose and things like that. So we hope you'll enjoy the story and the readings and music that go around it. And again, Christmas blessings to you all. Our scripture lesson is from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61, beginning with verse 10 and continuing into verse three of chapter 62. Hear these words of scripture. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was Christmas Eve and although it was still afternoon, lights had begun to appear in the shops and houses of the little Russian village, for the short winter day was nearly over. Excited children scurried indoors, and now only muffled sounds of chatter and laughter escaped from closed shutters. Old Papa Panov, the village shoemaker, stepped outside his shop to take one last look around. The sounds of happiness, the bright lights, and the faint but delicious smells of Christmas cooking reminded him of past Christmas times when his wife had still been alive and his own children little. Now they had gone. 
his usually cheerful face with the little laughter wrinkles behind the round steel spectacles looks sad now. But he went back indoors with a firm step, put up the shutters, and set a pot of coffee to heat on the charcoal stove. Then, with a sigh, he settled in his big armchair. Papa Panov did not often read, but tonight he pulled down the big old family Bible and slowly tracing the lines with one forefinger, he read again the Christmas story. He read how Mary and Joseph, tired by their journey to Bethlehem, found no room for them at the inn, so that Mary's little baby was born in the cow shed. Oh dear, oh dear, if only they had come here. I would have given them my bed, and I could have covered the baby with my patchwork quilt to keep him warm. He read on about the wise men who had come to see the baby Jesus, bringing him splendid gifts. Papa Panov's face fell. I have no gift that I could give him, he thought sadly. Then his face brightened. He put down the Bible, got up, and stretched his long arms to the shelf high up in his little room. He took down a small, dusty box and opened it. Inside was a perfect pair of tiny leather shoes. Papa Panov smiled with satisfaction. Yes, they were as good as he had remembered. The best shoes he had ever made. I could give him those, he decided, as he gently put them away and sat down again. He was feeling tired now, and the further he read, the sleepier he became. The print began to dance before his eyes so that he closed them just for a minute. In no time at all, Papa Panov was fast asleep. And as he slept, he dreamed. He dreamed that someone was in the room, and he knew at once, as one does in dreams, who that person was. It was Jesus. You have been wishing that you could see me, Papa Panov. Then look for me tomorrow. It will be Christmas Day, and I will visit you. But look carefully, for I shall not tell you who I am. to read Psalm number 96 responsibly, responsibly, 
So if you would find that in your pew Bible, in the Old Testament section on page 550, I will read the odd-numbered verses, and I'd like you to read the even-numbered verses. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Great is the Lord, and great is to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come to his courts. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the earth with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When at last Papa Panava woke, the bells were ringing out, and a thin light was filtering through the shutters. Bless my soul, it's Christmas Day. He stood up and stretched himself, for he was rather stiff. Then his face filled with happiness as he remembered his dream. This would be a very special Christmas after all, for Jesus was coming to visit him. How would he look? Would he be a little baby as at that first Christmas? Would he be a grown man, a carpenter, or the great king that he is, God's son? He must watch carefully the whole day, the whole day through, so that he recognized him however he came. Papa Panoff put, up, put on a special pot of coffee for his Christmas breakfast, took down the shutters, and looked out the window. The street was deserted. No one was stirring yet. No one except the road sweeper. He looked as miserable and as dirty as ever, as well he might. Who wanted to work on Christmas Day and in the raw, cold, and bitter freezing mist of such a morning? Papa Panov opened the shop door, letting in a thin stream of cold air. Come in, he shouted across the street cheerfully. Come in and have some hot coffee to keep out the cold. The sweeper looked up, scarcely able to believe his ears. He was only too glad to put down his broom and come into the warm room. His old clothes steamed gently in the heat of the stove, and he clasped both red hands round the comforting warm mug as he drank. Papa Panoff watched him with satisfaction, but every now and then his eyes strayed to the window. It would never do to miss his special visitor. Expecting someone? The sweeper asked at last. So Papa Panoff told him about his dream. 
Well, I hope he comes, the sweeper said. You've given me a bit of Christmas cheer I never expected to have. I'd say you deserve to have your dream come true. And he actually smiled. When he had gone, Papa Panoff put on cabbage soup for his dinner, then went to the door again, scanning the street. He saw no one, but he was mistaken. Someone was coming. The girl walked so slowly and quietly, hugging the walls of shops and houses, that it was a while before he noticed her. She looked very tired, and she was carrying something. As she drew nearer, he could see that it was a baby, wrapped in a thin shawl. There was such sadness in her face, and in the pinched little face of the baby, that Papa Panov's heart went out to them. Won't you come in? He called, stepping outside to meet them. You both need a warm place by the fire and a rest. The young mother let him shepherd her indoors and to the comfort of the armchair. She gave a big sigh of relief. I'll warm some milk for the baby. I've had children of my own. I can feed her for you. He took the milk from the stove and carefully fed the baby from a spoon, warming her tiny, tiny feet by the stove at the same time. She needs shoes. But the girl replied, I can't afford shoes. I'm on my way to the next village to get work. A sudden thought flashed through Papa Panoff's mind. He remembered the little shoes he had looked at last night, but he had been keeping those for Jesus. He looked again at the cold little feet and made up his mind. Try these on her, he said, handing the baby and the shoes to the mother. The beautiful little shoes were a perfect fit. The girl smiled happily, and the baby gurgled with pleasure. You have been so kind to us, the girl said when she got up with her baby to go. May all of your Christmas wishes come true. But Papa Panoff was beginning to wonder if his very special Christmas wish would come true. Perhaps he had missed his visitor. He looked anxiously up and down the street. There were plenty of people about, but they were all faces that he recognized. There were neighbors going to call on their families. They nodded and smiled and wished him happy Christmas. Or beggars, and Papa Panoff hurried indoors to fetch them hot soup and a generous hunk of bread, hurrying out again in case he missed the important stranger. When Papa Panov next went to the door and strained his eyes, he could no longer make out the passers-by. Most were home and indoors by now anyway. He walked slowly back into his room at last, put up the shutters, and sat down wearily in his armchairs. So it had just been a dream after all. Jesus had not come.
Then, all at once, he knew that he was no longer alone in the room. This was not a dream, for he was wide awake. At first, he seemed to see before his eyes the long stream of people who had come to him that day. He saw again the old road sweeper, the young mother and her baby, and the beggars he had fed. As they passed, each whispered, Didn't you see me, Papa Panov? Who are you? He called out, bewildered. Then another voice answered him. It was the voice from his dream, the voice of Jesus. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was cold, and you warmed me. I came to you today in every one of those you helped and welcomed. Then all was quiet and still. Only the sound of the big clock ticking, a great peace and happiness seemed to fill the room, overflowing Papa Panov's heart until he wanted to burst out singing and laughing and dancing with joy. So he did come, after all.
Friends, our gospel reading for the morning comes from the gospel according to Luke, beginning at the 22nd verse of the second chapter. Let us hear God's word. And the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses. They brought him, that is Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Again, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's no way to document this, but it seems to me that the popularity of certain Christmas carols run in cycles. And over the last decade or two, In the Bleak Midwinter has become one that is a favorite to many. It certainly is an appropriate carol to sing today, Earth Stood Hard as Iron, Stone on Stone. But it's that verse that asks the question that Papa Panov asked that strikes the heart of what this season is all about. What can I give him, poor as I am? It's the question the Russian cobbler asks. It's the question the little drummer boy from that famous, more contemporary piece of music asks. It's the question the three magi ask. What can I give him? 
And certainly we can sense a connection between an aging, widowed Russian follower and two aging attendees at the temple looking for this good news incarnate, this baby who is coming to bring change to everything. What can I give him? Well, like the two at the temple, Simeon and Anna, Papa Panov knows what we all know. That Christmas is not just a day, or even 12 days. But Christmas is a vision, a commitment, a creed. We focus, yes, on the presence of the baby, and we have celebrated his birth grandly and in great style, both here and in the many places where people of faith gather. But because this theological reality is called incarnation, that is, God becoming flesh to dwell among us, we focus not just on the baby, but on the rest of us, all human flesh, the humanity of incarnation. So while Tolstoy offers us a Christmas story, what he really shares with us is an ethical reflection on what Christmas continues to mean. His reference, of course, is to Matthew 25, Lord, did, when did we see you? And Jesus replies, just as you did to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. I thought about that this week as postal carriers delivered mail, as the plow people removed the snow from our way, as tax people stayed late in their offices to make things work for we New Yorkers. The people who work so hard, like street sweepers, garbage collectors, and the people who struggle so much in the season, I'm sure you've read this week that shelters are overflowing because of the climate the temperature, the cold that is more than just an inconvenience to many of our neighbors, but really is a threat to their life. So as we see a young woman and her child walking down a Russian village street, we can imagine that face in 2017. So Tolstoy reminds us that incarnation is a real thing with us and among us. That Jesus' birth didn't just happen one time long ago in a kind of fairy tale setting, but happens again and again and again as we encounter those in need that cross our paths. And that we don't have to wait and look very far till the opportunities present ourselves to give gifts to this King. So Christmas becomes a kind of an affirmation of faith. From God to us, giving us this extraordinary gift from us to God, returning some portion of our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure in this year of stewardship. But for all of us to reach out to those in need especially. It seems like my Facebook feed was filled with one poem in particular in this Christmas season. It has a connection to this place, of course. Howard Thurman, the great theologian and Christian leader, taught at Colgate Rochester Crozier Divinity School for a period of his career. His book, Jesus and the Disinherited, continues to matter as we talk about race and justice in this nation. But at one point, Thurman wrote a lovely little poem that underscores what Tolstoy is trying to tell us, that underscores what the gospel message is. 
So hear it one more time. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Thurman calls that the work of Christmas. That's probably true, but I talk about it as the creed of Christmas, the vocation of Christmas, even the gift of Christmas, to heal, to feed, to release, to rebuild, to bring peace, to make music. Anna and Simeon understood that even as they met this boy who would become the Messiah. Papa Panov certainly understood it as he shared from his very modest resources with those in need. Friends, as the calendar turns from one year to the next, as the memories of this Christmas celebration begin to fade and we enter our routines again, may we be called again to the work of Christmas, to the gift of Christmas, so that at every turn we will have answers to the question, what shall I give him? And to know we are serving this tiny little baby as we serve God's world that God loves so much. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen.